In the beginning, the approach of enterprise system was standardization, which of course is very useful on a process perspective. However, on a user interface perspective, we might have quite different conditions and requirements. So what we pose or require is an adaptability to the individual requirements of the users. Enterprise systems manage resources, of course, but also users in front of the ERP systems are resources that need to be effective in their work. This is the ERP Organizational Change Journal podcast, brought to you by Nestle & Associates, a Newport Beach, California-based ERP organizational change management firm serving the private equity industry. The ERP OCJ seeks to share expertise, insight, experience, and research, and to create effective conversation to help guide ERP organizational change to real, measurable, and verified success. And now, here's your ERP expert and host, the founder of Nestle & Associates, Dr. Jack Nestle. Hello everybody, Jack here. Let's dive into the challenges faced by current generation ERP systems and the proposed research agenda to address them. We'll start by discussing the problems related to the architecture and implementation of ERP systems in the changing business landscape. We'll highlight the importance of a holistic approach to addressing the problems of ERP systems, including those related to architecture, design, implementation, and usage. Our guest proposes a research agenda that includes improving the user interface, control of business processes, functionality, database and data model, infrastructure, and adoption. By addressing these areas of focus, organizations can improve the performance of their ERP systems and enhance their overall operations. This episode provides valuable insights for private equity firms and stakeholders involved in ERP organizational change as they navigate the challenges of implementing and using ERP systems in their portfolio companies. In this episode, we will discuss the future of ERP systems, a research agenda, with guest Benedict Bender. The title of our show today is also the title of our guest's paper. Today's guest is an expert in digital platforms and novel business models with extensive experience in management, IT strategy, and technology consulting. He has worked with top-tier consulting firms such as McKinsey & Company, Accenture, and SAP. He is also a trusted advisor, executive coach, and author. Our guest's focus for today's conversation is his research paper, Future ERP Systems, a Research Agenda, which proposes a comprehensive approach to addressing the challenges faced by current generation ERP systems. From Berlin, Germany, Benedict, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jack, for having me here. Thank you very much. Really looking forward to this. Uh, We appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. And I'm really excited to share out your paper. Before we get started, Benedict, can you share some more about yourself with our listeners? Of course. Um, yeah, as you refer to our paper, um, as a researcher, I have an information systems background and do a lot of research on what impacts the success of enterprises and what are the role of enterprise systems in this specific uh, connection and domain. I also did a couple of scientific articles on that topic and also related um, to the business model either of vendor and clients. I wrote different books, which uh, some of that are in German, um, that include books on platform-based business models, which is of interest for clients on the one hand, but also for software vendors on the other hand, 
that also includes books on the management of software platforms, uh, which was also the field of my PhD, which is of interest for uh, software vendors that are looking for integrating external innovation to their software to enhance their, their software to a platform. As you know, like many of these systems provide extensions and things like that, this is uh, what we refer to as software platform. And finally, by the end of the year, there will be another book um, where we'll deal with practices um, to successfully implement enterprise systems. Um, so there's more to come. Um, to find all these uh, this insights and also the things we, we saw in the article here, uh, we rely on a, on a broad international research network that include uh, collaborations uh, within Europe, EMEA, North America, and also Asia. To give you an example on that, we are in close collaboration with the Hassel Planner Institute. That's an institute here in Germany, which is the institute of one of the co-founders of SAP that did a lot of research on, on databases and also databases for enterprise systems. We're also active in the advisory board, or I'm active in the advisory board, of the special interest group for enterprise level research um, of the AIS, which is the leading association for um, professionals and researchers in terms of information systems. And if there's still time, I'll do a lot of advisory work that including management and technology consulting, as you mentioned, for, for different stakeholders. So I advise customers on complex ERP implementation projects um, I advise software vendors when we're looking to design future-proof ERP systems, which we will cast today. And um, finally, also private equity firms are uh, among our customers that are interested for their strategic portfolio and investment decisions. Well, great. Thanks, Benedict. What a great experience and uh, really looking forward to sharing some of your expertise and insight with our listeners for sure today. Listeners, all of us here at the ERPOCJ hope you find this podcast useful as we share lessons learned, discover best practices, and explore the human element components of ERP organizational change. Please stay with us till the end. Benedict will give us his actionable golden nugget of advice based on today's conversation, and I will recap today's key discoveries and offer my suggestions on how to implement what we've learned. Because our conversations here on the ERPOCJ are built around the listen and learn approach, it's when you apply what you've learned that you begin to move the needle forward. So let's dive in. And by the way, for our listeners, uh, Benedict, you have your great papers and some of the books that you mentioned. We will certainly include those in our show notes as well for our listeners. But Benedict, I, I really want to focus on an incredibly important paper that you authored, as we've mentioned already. Can you just briefly explain what the paper Future ERP Systems, a Research Agenda is all about? Just from a high level, maybe share with our listeners the motivation behind that paper and, and what it's uh, the general idea behind it. The, the origin and the idea of the paper is that um, many challenges um, we face that you faced during your, your consulting work and many clients faced during the implementation and work with enterprise systems are rooted in their in their technological design and um, to that extent we wanted to look at the question in how far the technical design of enterprise system and of uh, i would say future proof or next level enterprise systems should look like to diminish the headache uh, some of us are having and yet contribute um, to a better future in this regard, we see that the digital transformation and also changing business requirements and the business landscape 
pose new requirements to the dominating class of enterprise systems. We also saw from a research perspective that many of the so far conducted research always had a life cycle oriented view, meaning we look at like the pre-implementation phase, uh, the implementation phase and the post-implementation phase and what are critical success factors. And this is an important perspective from a, from a management um, view. However, we see, as mentioned before, that um, some of the issues might be rooted in the technical design and how these enterprise systems are shaped. So we were missing that perspective and my team and I were interested to review on that and to see whether we contribute to that by reviewing research of the past five years. We identified problems that frequently occur in practice, but also in, in research terms and uh, looked in what extent or how we can map those problems, you know, like to the layer of enterprise systems, where we usually have three to five different layers, including the user interface, a functionality perspective, and a data model perspective from broad sense. And by that, yeah, we're looking for addressing the, the issues we see in the practice by designing and improving the enterprise system architecture and by that to design the next generation enterprise systems. And as you'd mentioned, uh, Benedict, you're doing the research to address the issues that you see in practice, right? And so what's known as ERP research, you know, in our space, and there's lots of great research. And some of it, you know, as, as you'd mentioned, focus on some of the technical components of ERP systems. How do you make them more adaptive and user-friendly and useful within a particular business context? And one of the, the things that we talk about all the time is this idea of the triad, right? Successful ERP implementation is all about people, processes, and technology. And the way in which you go about managing those three pieces has a great deal of consequences on the success at the end of the day. And if you, if you can have the right technology or the ERP platform to begin with, that can certainly make the process piece and the human piece of implementation perhaps that much more effective and efficient. And any changes in the dynamics of that relationship between the triad can certainly affect one or both of the other two elements of that triad. Just, just fascinating. And, you know, there, there is a great deal of work, uh, ERP research, because, and there's a lot of research that, you know, as, as you propose, there, there's research agendas in this space because there's a demand for it. There's a need for it because there's a, there's a real opportunity in practice, you know, as you'd mentioned, to try to address some of these issues and some of these concerns. So, Benedict, my, my next question for you is uh, maybe just focusing a little bit on some of the challenges of the current generation ERP systems and the digital transformation and the, the development of existing products and services have set new requirements for ERP systems. What are the problems related to the architecture and implementation of ERP systems and how are they affected by the changing business landscape in general? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, let's start over with the last point. Um, the changing business landscapes uh, requires much faster adoption um, to changing conditions for companies um, to remain competitive in their, in their respective area. And those requirements and also changing requirements can come from different perspectives. For example, we see technology advancement and trends, things like Industry 4.0 or the Industrial Internet of Things um, that pose new requirements to um, the organization 
of, um, for example, production and um, the planning of resources, real-time feedback and things like that. Those, uh, yeah, those new requirements can also stem from um, competitive aspects uh, such as big companies or platforms entering the market and um, thereby reshape the industry landscapes. And we'll find a, a couple of different different examples on that, which more or less poses new requirements on companies to allow for faster adaptions. And of course, companies need to reflect this in their in the infrastructure, in the systems, in their processes and organizations, as you mentioned before. And if we look at uh, from the challenges the companies have, let's start with the EAP implementation in such a dynamic environment mm-hmm. where we see that um, EAP implementations are always complex, difficult, um, sometimes risky, especially for, for small and medium enterprises uh, with limited resources. And we see a lot of research that identified factors why companies um, have challenges with this or with the implementation of EAP systems, including you know, like heavy customization, um, poor business process re-engineering, so sticking to their ever-existing processes and particularities, um, bad consulting quality, and of course, um, the ever-known topic of lack of top management support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we approach this, not only from the, from the life cycle perspective, but heading over to the architecture, we see that many of the, the problems we see um, are related on the one hand to the architecture, but usually on, on multiple aspects of the technology of, of those systems. And this is um, what we did in our research. Let, let me give you an example on that. Um, for example, the data quality uh, we, we see in systems, of course, is to some extent related to the database um, layer, but it's not only related to that. We also see a large dependency on the functionality system provides to ensure the data quality, um, for example, by identifying duplicates, by checking data, by checking formats and things like that. So we see that that many of the things are related to multiple layers. And this is also true for this this adaption point we talked over in the beginning, um, which is not only affected um, by a functionality perspective, but also by data as well as an infrastructure. Fascinating. Uh, Thanks, Benedict. Really interesting. Benedict, I I think so far, research on ERP systems has certainly focused to a great extent on implementation and post-implementation phases. Um, Why is architectural design of current generation ERP systems perhaps not receiving enough attention or, or, you know, it's receiving some attention clearly, but maybe perhaps it should be receiving some more attention and how does that affect the system's overall performance? You know, and I think obviously, you know, you and I both know there's just tons of great literature, lots of great work in the space and research over the years. And certainly there's a lot of focus on, on various areas. And again, I don't want to mislead our listeners. You know, there's certainly been some good research in terms of architectural design. But w- what do you have to say about that? Do you think that there should be more research in this area? Is it certainly an area for improvement? And if so, how could this, uh, you know, this research possibly affect the system's overall performance in general? So we might start over with the question why there's so much research, um, as you mentioned, on the on the implementation and also on the runtime of those systems. And this is, of course, where where management practice um, sees those problems to occur. That what we see, what we want to highlight here is that 
not necessarily where the origin of the problems is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so from a management perspective, it's perfectly reasonable to, to take lifecycle perspective and say, you select a system, you implement a system and you use a system and you like corresponding challenges occur in that time. However, and let me highlight this with an example, this pers perspective falls short. We recently conducted a large market survey on upgrade costs of enterprise systems. Re you do upgrades for your system from time to time, and uh, we get the data of almost 200 companies on their update upgrade projects and identified factors that influenced um, the project's cost, the time the project took, and also the complexity of the upgrades. And what we found is that apart from the you know, like commonly known factors, the architecture of the systems, so the systems itself and that you perform the upgrade, had a very, very large impact on um, the kind of the project and um, also, of course, on the cost. And we saw that systems with a modern architecture by far much easier to upgrade than systems that include a lot of legacy technologies. And sometimes we saw that like the cost difference uh, sometimes was uh, threefold between uh, very modern and very legacy based systems. And I share this example with you just to highlight to what extent the architecture of systems impact um, the use, the management, and also the, the cost perspective and, of enterprise systems. And cost in that terms, of course, should only be um, an indicator for complexity. So, so for things the management faces when planning and doing such projects. And we see that um, in that term, many management challenges are directly related to the system's architecture, which of course is not of that interest from a management perspective in the beginning, but of very, very great importance when you use the system. And what we propose is that the system's architecture should be of interest for both, meaning company or system vendors, and of course, system users. Things need to go hand in hand. Providers need to offer state-of-the-art solutions and uh, the managers selecting and using the systems need to consider like the technical superiority of um, their current and potential systems in their EP systems. We sometimes do such such ERP selections. We specifically um, have a look in architecture and technologies that also play a decisive role in the final decision for for specifics. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a good point, Benedict. And you know, one of the things at Nestle and Associates that we're very much focused on is is just that it's ERP selection, and I think that's an idea that can't be understated, right? And we actually say, you know, we we truly believe that there's one best fit for every organization when it comes to an ERP system for multiple reasons, you know, but certainly the architecture and the technology behind that, you know, as you just discussed very well, as you just pointed out is absolutely crucial. So, you know, I, I think that um, having a very thorough uh, objective approach to selection is certainly a, a very important first step because that's laying the foundation for continuous improvement of the organization for, for years to come. Um, Benedict, just to drill down a little bit then on your response, what are the main areas then of focus for your proposed research agenda to address the problems of these current generation ERP systems. So maybe just drill down a little bit from your previous uh, response. Can you provide a little more details as to what that would look like? 
EF for this research which we propose here, um, we looked on the different layers that you can see in, in enterprise systems, and you can identify uh, similar layers between many systems um, since the architecture to some extent is, is comparable. And depending on the individual system, we see um, between three and, and seven different layers. Mm -hmm. To give you an idea, uh, we distinguished the user interface layer, meaning how you interact with the system, the business process layer and the functionality layer that deal with functionality systems offer and their combination to overarching business processes and the database data model layer, which looks at how to storage data, how to make information persistent over time. And finally, the infrastructure layer that basically deals with um, the question how the system interacts with the underlying infrastructure and is organized in itself. Benedict, can you share with our listeners, how can improving the user interface of ERP systems help address the problems faced by organizations using them? Let's drill into that one a little bit more. Yeah. Using the example of the interface layer, um, we see enterprise systems to be used by, by many, many users within organizations, depending on their, you know, like how many users they have. And in the beginning, the approach of enterprise system was standardization, which of course is very useful on a process perspective. However, on a user interface perspective, we might have quite different conditions and requirements. So. What we pose or require is an adaptability to the individual requirements of the users. Enterprise systems manage resources, of course, but also the users in front of the ERP systems are resources that need to be effective in their work. And so we want that enterprise systems adopt to the individual circumstances, which could be, for example, special user groups either young and old users or beginners or advanced users that might require different forms of interaction, information, menus, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Another example is uh, we need much more responsive designs um, to allow for flexibility. We can use web-based approaches to support users in the individual working circumstances. And what we see here in the market, to give you an example, is that many systems still rely on this rich client architectures, which also pose many infrastructural requirements on the end users' devices, which are not more up to date. Um, new forms of interactions are increasingly becoming important. Uh, we see many new available technologies such, for example, speech recognition, which could be used to navigate and interact with enterprise systems, might allow for much more interactive operations with ERP systems. In that sense, we suggest enterprise systems vendors to, to use established technologies yeah, that exist. For example, speech recognitions for their systems. There are many technologies available um, that can be used and implemented in systems, which you do not need to develop yourself. And by that, you're able to you know, like make users more efficient by using existing technologies and combining them with your individual systems configuration. So, Benedict, you, you shared with us earlier in terms of addressing ERP systems problems, you know, the research agenda would include, uh, as you just discussed, user interface. And then you mentioned business process, functionality, database and data model and infrastructure and adoption. 
And so and now, since you just shared a little bit more insight in terms of the user interface, but let me ask you about the business process as well. In what ways can control of the business processes help improve the performance of ERP systems? For companies, when implementing systems, you know, like that, that post um, new or different processes to them, the main concern is in keeping and maintaining their competitive advantage. And given that EP systems, you know, like to some extent standardize their work, they are very, they have a kind of fear that they lose this. So what we propose at that point is that enterprise systems in the future should allow for a reconfigured business process. So enterprise systems may provide standard processes that are configured to fit, you know, like a large couple of companies. And, but when we look into that business processes that they are not hard coded, but we believe that, you know, like the idea of um, individual functions, what we'll talk about in a minute, and more microservices um, might be combined towards overall business process. And by that, um, we want to propose the idea of modeling instead of programming, meaning uh, we are able to, you know, like to model and to reconfigure processes via enabling. Um, customers to do it themselves. And by that, we would be able to allow system users to add their specialized procedures, their individual procedures that uh, constitute their competitive advantage to existing standard processes that company vendors provide. And to be honest, um, on that point, uh, we see that especially for standard processes, enterprise systems are rather inflexible. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, Benedict, because, you know, the business model itself, so the way that the organization does business versus the ERP functional fit in terms of how it addresses, you know, your way of doing business, you know, through business processes, control or management is a critical piece of ERP systems. And, you know, and going back to your point that you made on the value and importance of ERP selection, you know, this is another area that needs to be understood is how does the, in terms of control of the business processes, how flexible is that or is not that? And, um, and is it well aligned with, with your way of doing business? Um, so great point, uh, great insight. Benedict, next, I'd like to, the, the third item that you have mentioned in terms of uh, proposed research agenda is that is the idea of functionality in ERP. So can you elaborate more on the importance of functionality in ERP systems and how it can be improved? Yes. Jack, let me point out that I believe in the standardization um, enterprise systems to allow for. However, um, the standardization within a company is a very, very great thing. However, what we see is that functionality individual clients are using are by far different. So what we propose here is that we propose a kind of feature repository that uh, like little functional nuggets companies can use or having a repository where you have different forms um, that they can combine for their, for their individual setup. And especially since we see that future setups of, of companies' landscapes, not only enterprise systems, are using more specialized systems, for example, for logistics, production control, and things like that. So in that thing, um, enterprise systems might over and over become a central backbone of um, all those systems that companies have in their landscape to kind of integration hubs. So they're still 
controlling the processes, but not all the functionality are used by them directly. And this poses requirements to their possibility to, you know, like to talk to other systems, to provide an interoperable system space and interact with their specialized counterparts. So by that, we see um, that the question between standardization and specialization also for customers, and I assume this is something you are also faced with when selecting um, enterprise systems for your clients, still um, poses a, a challenge for them. And adding to that, we see that many of the, the enterprise system vendors are going to you know, like open up their architectures um, to become software platforms, meaning that they allow for third-party contributions in their software. So they're offering a kind of extension and add-ons as part of their modular software infrastructure. And by this opening up, they are possibly can attract many external power and innovation within their system. And um, we see this to be the case by small as well as medium and big companies offering enterprise systems, um, giving you the example with Microsoft that offers over 6,200 extensions in their Microsoft App Stores for their Business Central and uh, similar things we, we see at, at SAP. So what I wanted to say is in order to allow for clients to choose of um, different functionalities and different features the systems provide, it might be necessary, you know, like to attract um, these features so that you not only have to develop themselves. And um, this is something um, we see to come in, in future EUP systems more and more. Yeah. And, you know, Benedict, the artificial intelligence is a area that we're very focused on, and it's certainly a significant interest of mine. So we're really trying to understand the impact of AI on future ERP systems. And I won't veer us off here into a rabbit hole, <laughs> um, but I think certainly the current, the immediate, you know, short and long term impact on AI uh, on ERP systems is, is going to be significant. Um, but that might be a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> so instead of veering us off course here on, on such a fascinating topic there, let me ask you about the other area for research. Uh, and that is, what role does the database or the data model play in the performance of ERP systems and how can it be optimized? Yeah, the data layer is, you know, like one of the things ERP started with. Uh, we were looking back on these days where we are very much focused on relational databases, um, which for long have been the standard in ERP systems and, of course, um, still are today. And coming from the changed business landscape and um, the possibility to gather more and more diverse data, um, we also see a lot of new requirements in the in the processing and also storage of data and while in the beginning we saw that vendors just increased resources that allowed for faster processing of all the data the systems need to handle um, we also saw that this approach does not address you know, like the structural problems we have with relational databases today yeah we see um, much more individualized products that need to be Handled. We see a lot of less standardized data structure, and uh, we we need new approaches to handle this kind of changes and new advancements. And in this regard, we we had another research project I'd like to to briefly talk about, where we yeah. evaluated um, different existing database technologies for their readiness for future proof ERP systems. 
we were looking at how different databases might be combined, you know, like to, to serve the challenges we see today. Let me give you an example where relational databases is perfect for this transactional logic. We see that, for example, Industry 4.0 and modern production settings, which a lot of time series data or network structures we see in the service industry, might not be fulfilled by, by this relational approach. So what we developed is like a hybrid approach in which uh, multiple database technologies are combined within one systems, you know, like where we would like to combine their advantages to be used in, in a single ERP infrastructure. And of course, as you mentioned, you're, you're in much into AI. You also see um, the potential and the need for, for newer models or structures to be saved for enterprise systems to work properly. Yeah. So Benedict, tell me more about the infrastructure. How can the infrastructure be improved to address the problems faced by uh, the current generation ERP systems? And what are some of the challenges in doing so? We see enterprise systems to be, you know, like a little bit of conservative in, you know, like adopting new new hardware and infrastructure possibilities we see. Um, modern hardware allows for, for much more power in, in processing and also, for example, heavily parallel processing of informations. However, in order for clients to have these advantages, enterprise systems need to be able to utilize the related advantages from this infrastructure for the operation. And to do so, enterprise systems need to adapt their software architectures to do so. For many of our clients, Scalability is, for example, upwards and also downwards an important issue um, many of our clients face. How can we handle high load times, um, for example, in, in trade companies and things like that? And to holistically address the problem, um, enterprise systems vendor need to reflect on newer possibilities um, these processing technologies allow for and you know, like adapt their systems accordingly, but not only using more resources, but using them in a better way. And to give you an example, we see that modern systems can be used either via the cloud or um, be used on premise. Some of the systems are for example, cloud-only systems you can use in a software as a service solutions. However, we see that many companies require systems to be at least partly be used on site since they, for example, want to use them for manufacturing control, which mm -hmm. where we need very short response times. And so, you know, like vendors need to open up their ideas for a kind of hybrid combination, for example combining cloud and on-premise solutions to serve their clients in a better way. Yeah. The, the manufacturing control piece is huge. And, and not only that, the manufacturing control, but also the collection of manufacturing data at some, you know, some organizations can be quite substantial. But I think there's some very legitimate reasons that we do need, uh, I would say, improved concepts at least, or improved infrastructure that allows for uh, better hybrid solutions. Uh, but great point. And so, Benedict, let, let's just talk a little bit more about the other component of suggested research that you hit on. And that was the idea of adaption. And so how important is adaption in the context of ERP systems? And how can organizations be encouraged to adapt new technologies and approaches? When you have a look at our piece of research, 
what you see is that um, this kind of adaption layer, which we refer to as a kind of a more abstract concept, um, meaning that all of the, the layers and aspects we talked about earlier need to be adaptable to the individual circumstances of a company and um, to evolve over time. And to, to hit for a specific sample, we saw that we see much more specialized systems that need to be integrated in the overall landscape. So systems need to be adaptable to the individual configuration clients use. On the other hand, also within the enterprise systems, we see that adaption on the business process level, um, for example, reconfiguring business process, changing functional microservices and things like that need to be possible for clients. So what we want to have is that systems are could easily be configured um, to the individual customer's um, circumstances and to allow for easy and smooth procedure. Benedict, uh, great insight. And I, I really appreciate your time and, and really just fascinating insight and uh, research that you've done. And it's just fun sharing this out with our listeners. And so, you know, today, the last few questions we focused on, you know, several different areas for potential research in terms of the, the future of ERP systems. And again, that included the user interface, business processes, functionality, the database and data model infrastructure, and then adaption. And then you you shared with our, our listeners, we kind of dove into each one of those a little bit. But let me ask you this. And, and earlier in the conversation, I mentioned, hey, let's not go down the AI rabbit hole too much because uh, there's a lot there to discuss in terms of the future of ERP systems. But, but let me ask you this just in general. What would you say is, is the impact of AI in the context of ERP systems specifically or in terms of these different areas of research that we just uh, shared with our listeners today. Do you have anything, or maybe a crystal ball or, you know, or anything like that, or anything you want to share with our listeners in terms of artificial intelligence, specifically in terms of developing ERP systems in the future? Jack, I'm so happy to hear that you are so much into this AI domain. And um, I'm also very happy not only for you and me, but also for, for all your clients that you specifically looking for, for new technologies and approaches in this regard. And as I said, I definitely agree with you that AI will have a very, very big impact on enterprise systems. And coming back to our talk today, and um, AI will have an impact on all of the different layers we see in enterprise systems. Um, let me give you an example as, for example, on the user interface layer, we are um, able to realize things we talked about as, for example, the individualization. We could look, you know, like which elements are used by the individual user and, you know, like adapt the system over time. On the business process level, we could see if people are working like different ways, achieving similar things and thereby also suggest adapting or approving business processes over time so we can use it to detect things that change over time. On the functionality layer, we see so much potential aspects um, where AI can be used to some extent for automation, but also to enable completely new features, which would also be a different podcast at that time, but there are so many potential applications. And by that, we are able to achieve a, a real future-proof ERP systems. 
And um, we see that vendors are very, very much interested in improving their system and implementing AI. It is not so easy at the time, but for you, and especially when clients are selecting systems, I would very, very much advise them to have a look on whether the system they are looking for really implements AI in a holistic way, which is very, very important to have an advantage from that new technology or whether it's a kind of, you know, like lighter integration for only very, very specific functions or features. So have a look in on holistically integrated AI components. Yeah, interesting. You know, Benedict, and thank you for that. You know, as a practitioner uh, for 33 years in the ERP and business system space, and after years of formal research, uh, you know, I'm greatly interested in this idea of the triad that I mentioned before, and this idea of having the right processes, the right people, the right culture, and the right tools. And by tool, I mean ERP systems to help take the organization to the next level. And as you'd mentioned, one of the key benefits of any ERP system is to allow your organization to have that competitive edge, right? That competitive advantage. And so, you know, I've spent a lot of time and in, in we at Nestle and Associates doing research on that relationship between that triad, because the more that you address each of those areas most effectively and efficiently, the most, uh, I, I should say, the better your results at the end of the day in terms of the effectiveness and efficiency of your ERP implementation. And, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's it certainly, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and its impact on the future of ERP systems and the future of research of ERP systems, uh, I think is going to be substantial. So for our listeners, stand by on that because we're going to have much more to come in terms of uh, artificial intelligence topics and, and how it's uh, specifically not only going to affect the development of ERP systems, but its impact on the triad in general. So, um, all right, Benedict, lastly, in terms of ERP organizational change success and ERP implementation, what is your golden nugget of advice for our listeners based on today's conversation? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Jack, I hope we did a good job today in um, showing our listeners that I advise them not to underestimate um, the role of technological architecture. And as part of the triad, as you said, um, the technology perspective in their view on ERP projects. And in specific, I would highlight two important things that might avoid many, many issues you're, you might face during your EP projects. And the first one is a very good selection process. Jack, you might help potential customers with that to find a solution. As you mentioned, you're, you're assuming that there's one best fit solution for each customer. And I think it's very, very important to find that one. This might take time, but I would say take time during system selections and please carefully look in which way or which systems that you have in your mind are really future-proof for your organization. And I think this episode gives you a lot of criteria to challenge either your current ERP or the systems you're looking for in the moment and to see whether it's a future-proof next-generation ERP. And if you have any doubts with that, please feel free um, to ask me and contact me. The second point I would like to highlight, and that's also part of your tribe, is that you really, really have the openness and the will to truly transform 
your organization and your processes. This is so important when implementing ERP systems and when looking for the advantages um, the systems can provide. And in this regard, especially the, the process and structure perspective are really, really important. And I hope that this podcast provides you with valuable advices um, to master this big challenge. Great insight, Benedict. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, again, I, I think your paper was well done in your research. And again, your work and the books that you referred to, we're going to share those out. And I encourage our listeners to check that out. Um, just a, a fascinating topic and uh, and a lot of fun. And so hopefully today we shed some light on some of the few pointers in terms of opportunities for ERP research. And I highly recommend that our listeners check out your paper for some more details and some more information. So listeners, today's conversation shed some light on the challenges faced by the current generation ERP systems in the proposed research agenda to address them. We learned that a holistic approach is necessary to address the problems of ERP systems, including those related to architecture, design, implementation, and usage. Our guest proposed agenda includes improving the user interface, the control of the business processes, functionality, the database and data model, infrastructure, and adaption. Private equity firms and stakeholders involved in ERP organizational change can benefit from these insights and implement them in their portfolio companies. And by doing so, they can enhance the performance of their ERP systems and improve their overall operations. Remember, it's not just about listening and learning, but also applying what we've learned to move the needle forward. Benedict, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your time. Um, I, I really appreciate your dedication to the trade, to the practice of ERP, ERP implementation. I can say that as a practitioner and a researcher. Uh, I genuinely appreciate your work. Um, can you tell our listeners before we wrap up here, um, can you share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you and how they can learn more about your work? Um, I'm happy to um, see them on LinkedIn. We'll share um, my LinkedIn and my Twitter and um, also my mail address and whatever I can do for them. Please feel free to ask. Super. And we will definitely include your information in our show notes and uh, encourage our, our listeners to reach out. All right, Benedict. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, really, really looking forward to getting you back soon. Uh, I would like to go down that rabbit hole of what is called artificial intelligence uh, and its impact on uh, ERP and ERP success and organizational success. Uh, so hopefully here we'll, we'll get you back uh, and share some more insight with our listeners. But Benedict, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the ERP OCJ podcast. This podcast is intended as a forum to study, share, and discuss ERP organizational change successes and challenges. We discuss the people, process, and technological components of ERP organizational change by drawing on knowledge from extensive research, collaborative learning, and practitioner expertise and experience. We are incredibly grateful to have friends, colleagues, and mentors join us in our podcast as we seek to promote, connect, and foster relationships in the ERP organizational change community and contribute to its success by bringing research and practice closer together. We want to make sure this is the most useful and insightful ERP podcast you listen to, and we'd love your help in doing so by leaving us feedback and a review. A great place to do so is at Apple Podcasts. 
Just click on the Listen in Apple Podcasts link, then click Ratings and Reviews, and let us know your thoughts. You can get more info about the show, including show notes and episode highlights for this and all of our episodes, by visiting nestleandassociates.com and clicking the podcast option. Please join us again next week as we discuss the latest ERP organizational change research, practice, and stories. And don't forget to follow us on social media, hashtag the ERPOCJ. Thanks again for listening. Have a fantastic week.